What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Baseball Connection. So going over what we saw last night, we saw some special moments. We saw Kyle Seeger hit his 200th career home run in a 7-6 Mariners victory over the Angels. That was, that was a pretty fun game overall. Not only did Seeger hit his 200th home run, we saw Mike Trout hit two bombs last night. Marco Gonzalez had seven punch outs. But let's talk about Seager a little bit. You know, he joined some exclusive company. He's just the fourth player to hit 200 home runs with Seattle, along with Ken Griffey Jr., Edgar Martinez, and Jay Buhner. All three of those players are in the Mariners Hall of Fame. And, of course, Griffey and Edgar Martinez are in the National Baseball Hall of Fame, like the overall Hall of Fame. But, I mean, he's obviously still quite a few behind those guys. But, you know, Seager's home run came in the third inning off of lefty reliever, Ryan Buckter, who had replaced Julio Tehran with two outs and two runners on. But of Seager's 200 home runs, 71 of them have actually come against left-handed pitching. So since his full season as a starter in 2012, no other left-handed hitter has hit more home runs off of left-handed pitchers, with Baltimore's Chris Davis second at 58. So as a left-handed hitter, Seager hits lefties very well, is what we're really trying to say. And... You know, the Mariners are actually one of the youngest team in the majors, and Seager is one of the few veterans on that team. He's off to a hot start this season. He lifted his average up to 326 on the year with a two for five night. And, you know, that's home run was the second of the year, and that increased his team leading RBI total to 14. So Seager is, is leading the way. He's also getting a lot of help from their rookie center fielder, Kyle Lewis who continues to stay hot. Lewis went two for four with a walk and drove in a run in the fifth spot to lift his average 385. And he has 10 ribbies as well. So pretty pretty special night. Pretty special night for um, Kyle Seeger. And obviously he does it in a win. Mike Trout did hit two more bombs yesterday. You know, he's he's picking up right where he left off. He missed, you know, a weekend's worth of games for paternity leave. But he comes back and he's hitting home runs in bunches. And he already has four in the year now. Just thought I would touch on that. In other news, San Diego. San Diego saw a very interesting game last night between the Dodgers and the Padres. The Dodgers won this game 7-6. And they did this. They won this game on a double play. It was a catch and throw in the bottom of the ninth inning. Uh, Chris Taylor in left field threw out. Trent Grisham as the potential tying run at the plate. A 93.3 mile an hour one hop strike to the catcher Will Smith. And it was there in time to to nail Trent Grisham who was trying to score to tie the game. But overall, this was a game where Ross Stripling started for the Dodgers. He punched out seven. Jock Peterson hit two home runs for the Dodgers. He continues to mash. I mean, you know, after some time, you start to wonder, like, why have the Dodgers been trying to trade Jock Peterson for so long? This is a guy who absolutely destroys right-handed pitching. He's as good of a hitter against right-handed pitching as anyone in baseball. He has power. He does it with power. I believe he hit, like, 38 home runs last year. If I remember correctly, it was, it was a lot last time I checked. Yeah, he had 36 home runs last year. Doing that as a, as you know, as somewhat of a platoon guy, that's... That's a, that's a very welcome sight. Um, but, you know, he's he's picking up right where he left off so far. Um, this season, he has a 9-10 OPS. Jock Peterson is a pretty good player. Pretty good player. He just gets, 
I feel like he gets a bit maligned sometimes. But, I mean, we have to remember that the Dodgers literally did trade him. They traded him to the Angels this last offseason. But the trade ended up being rescinded after that Mookie Betts deal had a bit of a holdup in it for a little bit, for some time. But Dodgers get that win yesterday. Oh, and by the way, Fernando Tatis hit an absolute monster blast. Uh, if you haven't seen the video of it, go check it out. He absolutely pimps that thing. Monster blast for the Padres yesterday. But Dodgers win in San Diego, 7-6. Max Scherzer had to leave a game yesterday. He had to leave a game um, due to a hamstring. He exited after just one inning. Um, but it's it's not a major injury is what they're saying. It's a day-to-day -day thing. He sustained what, what he described as an ailment last week while running sprints. And then you know, he recovered in just one day and then threw 112 pitches, struck out 10 over seven and a third over the Blue Jays last week. But then he tweaked his hamstring again on Tuesday. And then, you no, know, obviously last night was Wednesday, tried pitching, and then he noticed his hamstring was affecting his command when he tried to find the zone in the first inning. He was also not able to fire off his right leg. So that was a sign he wasn't going to be able to get it through a full start. And the, his, his catcher, Kurt Suzuki, told Scherzer he didn't like how the ball was coming out of his hands. So obviously, you know things are wrong. Your, your legs are your base. You know, you can't pitch without, without your legs under you. And that tweaked hamstring, obviously. Affected him. So Eric Fetty came in and replaced Scherzer to open the top of the second. So um, Scherzer expects to make his next start. He expects to make his next start, but obviously it's a day to day thing. Hamstrings are tough. You know, it's a soft tissue injury, and um, those things can really linger for a while. I mean, honestly, like generally a hamstring strain, if, if you catch it early like this, if you completely stay off of it for about two weeks, you can be healed. So I think that Max Scherzer should probably skip his next start. But, um, I mean, obviously he knows his body better than anyone else. And the team will will have their say on that. Just my two cents based on my experience with hammies. The Red Sox has snapped their skid. I mean, it's just been a very rough year for Boston. But they got their first shutout of the year. They defeated the Rays yesterday a 5 nothing victory. Martin Perez, he pitched well again. You know, his last start was against the Mets. was pretty good. Last night was against the Rays. Gave the Red Sox a strong performance. Five innings, no earned runs, four hits, four strikeouts. They've just lacked pitching this season. Uh, Alex Verdugo gave the Red Sox an early lead, something they've rarely seen this year. A two-run home, home run off of Verdugo. And then Chavis would later follow up with a two-run blast to left, 421 feet. But then, like I said, Martin Perez was, was a real story here. A scoreless outing against a good Rays team was enough to get the job done. But the Red Sox are going to return home on Friday night at Fenway, where they're going to start a seven-game homestand. And um, they're going to be pitching Ryan Weber. See, these are guys that people don't even know, but um, it's just a year where they're trying to get through it. So that that's what's going on with the Red Sox. The Marlins. The Marlins completed a doubleheader sweep with a very makeshift pitching staff. They played against the Orioles yesterday. They won um, both games of the doubleheader, you know, each game lasting seven innings. The Marlins are 5-1, and one, ladies and gentlemen. They have taken the first three games in this Orioles series, and they've won four in a row. Now, obviously, you know, they, were, they were off for some time, so, you know, their total number of games played is very small, but they're sitting on top of the NL East for the time being because it's all based on, off of win percentage. Obviously, Things will even out a bit later, 
but it's just funny to take a look at that at this point in time. They've won f- five of the first six games of the year. So um, I, I, I'll just be honest. I don't even know like most of the guys on the, on the, on the Marlins that, that played last night because, like I said, just a makeshift pitching staff. They, they're missing a lot of guys um, due to COVID. So, I mean, the Mariners didn't even – they weren't even sure who was going to be able to start the second doubleheader. They didn't announce their starter – until after game one. And that started was a man by the name of Josh A. Smith. But it was good enough. I mean, this makeshift pitching staff posted back-to-back shutouts between Tuesday's 4-0 win and then game one and then the game one win, where they got a 1-0 win. And then they weren't scored upon until the sixth inning in game two. So Marlins are Marlins are looking pretty good. Looking pretty good. And Another team that's looking really good right now is the Chicago Cubs. They've won six straight games. Six straight games. I noticed that they put Nico Horner in center field. That's an interesting development. It looks like Albert Amora is, is getting squeezed out. He just hasn't really hit much at the big league level. And the Do- not the Dodgers. The Cubs are, are trying to make make room for their young, you know, the young stud, Nico Horner. And um, so Allowing Jason Kipnis to hold it down in center field, sorry, in second base while moving Horner to center field, keeps Horner's bat in the lineup. Last night, you Darvish pitched for them, and um, you know he, he looked really good. You know, four punch outs yesterday for the Cubbies, and um, yeah, six to one win at Kauffman Stadium in Kansas City for a Cubs team that is looking like the best Cubs team we've seen since 2016, honestly. But, yeah, those are the big hits from last night. That's going to do it for today. If you enjoyed this, please share it with someone who'd be interested, and we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.